another Saturday morning and a great day to be alive because it's just another opportunity to learn more about the truth of God and to learn how to live more and more for faith in God. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Sean, we're one week into July. How are you feeling this morning? Doing good. I was echoing your sentiments there of sentiments of another day, another functional day to be alive and learn the truth of God, apply lessons to live a better life and to actually live life, which life we know is relationship with Yah. And this is just another good information to help us with that as well. So looking forward to it. Yeah, this is this is a um a good topic for speaking to people about in order that they can really cultivate that relationship with Yah. And I remember growing up, you know, one of the things was that you heard people say that, you know, if you're hearing voices, well that means you're crazy. That if you hear voices, you're crazy, you know, because you, you, you can't hear voices if they're not actually right there in front of you. And, and the reality couldn't be any farther from the truth on that. The, that's just a lie that the enemy worked in through mankind in order to get people to not be able to distinguish between the voices that are talking to them and just thinking, well, it's just, it's just me in my mind or, you know, I'm hearing these voices, but I'm not going to say anything because people are going to think I'm crazy. And uh, we live in a day and age. What do you mean? God talks to you. Yeah. We, we talk, we have conversation back and forth. What do you mean? That's that doesn't work. What do you mean? That's crazy. And you tell people you heard the voice of God and they look at you like you are crazy. And it's like, now you've been programmed. And again, we're just bringing out more avenues of programming that people in the world have had. And hopefully they'll recognize those programming issues and change your programming and decide that they're going to listen to the truth of God instead of listening to the lies of men. And this is a, a, a big area that needs to be recognized because you have all kinds of voices that can speak to you. Thoughts, 
that can come through your head. And some of those thoughts, yes, are yours. And you you brought them up, but a lot of them are from other areas, whether it be God or whether it be the enemy of God. And in order for you to be able to understand God speaking to you, you have to be able to distinguish a voice. And what is the best way to distinguish a voice but to spend time with that person? And we see this a lot. People will, well, I feel that God wants me to do this. So God put this on my heart to do this instead of, no, God specifically told me, I heard them say, I heard mother say, do this or bring this out. Just like the other uh, podcast we had where I brought up the name with Aaron and Becky Crenshaw, it was, that, that was spoken to me. And you have to, in discernment, in distinguishing voices, we're talking about discerning, which is you figuring out not just through your physical hearing, but your spiritual hearing as well, because you have, we have within us a processing core that processes the things that come in, whether it be by sight or whether it be by uh, touch, all the various different senses that we have, that it goes to that processing core. And that's where you actually, your senses are uh, coming from. So you can hear without hearing and you can see without seeing, meaning that you don't have to see it physically. I don't have to see God physically to know that God exists. I see God in the creation. I see God in the work that God does. I see God in the truth that is in the word of God and what God speaks to us. And so we can see things where we don't actually see it with our physical eyes. And it's the same thing with hearing. And you can even uh, feeling as well. A lot of people, you know, you get that eerie feeling or you get that feeling that something's something's not right or you you just have a feeling come over you well you're feeling that but you're not feeling it physically it's not a physical touch thing but it's a spiritual touch and the enemy's been so good at getting people to not pay attention to the voices and to make a distinguishing decision on what voice is speaking to me. You can't just come from not having faith in God to jump into a relationship with God because a relationship is built anyway. And you distinguishing voices is built as well. It's a process that you have to go through but it's a process that a lot of times people don't use because they think it's just themselves. And there is a process to go through to learn more and more how to tune in 
the voice of God and tune out the voice of the enemy. But if you think that you're just going to have faith all, all of a sudden in God, whether it just, well, I'm just going to have faith in God or I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you think that you're going to immediately be able to distinguish the voice of God speaking to you, you're sadly mistaken. And we put this information out there for people who want to know the truth, who want to want to be able to have that back and forth conversation with God. They want to be able to hear when they ask God something that God gives them an answer or pushes them or, or not tells them to go in a, in a certain direction. Uh, they may not give you the direct answer of uh, yes or no, but it might be God. Uh, pointing you in a direction, we want you to go over and do this. And when you do that, you will discover the answer to whatever you ask. Plus, you have to stop talking to God as though they're a genie in a bottle and there's no relationship involved because what makes you think I'm going to give you anything if we don't have a relationship? Now, I might be guilted in my programming to give you something, but the reality is, is if, if I don't have anything to do with you, I don't have anything to do with you. And so when we look at discerning the voices, you have this great, amazing thing that you say, I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then all of a sudden you think you're hearing the voice of God. What voice have you been listening to your whole life, no matter how old you are? Even if it's just somebody who's 12 years old, well, you've been listening to the voices of your parents, but you've also been listening to the voices of the enemy. You don't know that, but you don't understand that in the midst of that, when you felt guilt about something, that you were hearing the voice of mothers standing on the street corner crying aloud. And we miss out on those things because nobody tells us, did nobody told me growing up in faith in God or in a perceived faith in God that you can actually, you talk to God, you pray to God. And the idea of prayer is you, you tell God what you want and then God will take care of it rather than, hey, son, do you know that you can have a personal relationship with God where you actually hear their voices? You first distinguish between a voice of good and evil, and then you start to distinguish between the voices of Abba, Ema, Yahusha, in the midst of it. And so with this aspect, this is just another area that's uh, big for someone who's seeking with all of their heart because you have to know that you can hear the voice of God speaking to you when you tune it in. And we've talked about this before with a, the old radio stations of the old AM and uh, FM was a little bit easier to dial into a station. AM, you had a little bit more. And then sometimes I would uh, stay awake at night uh, late and try to see what different languages I could hear over the radio, you know, Chinese, Japanese, German, you know, because the, the radio waves are out there. 
it's all on a frequency. And if you can tune into that frequency, <coughs> then you get to pick up on the radio waves that are uh, carrying that voice or that uh, station. And it's the exact same thing with God. The, the, there's a radio uh, frequency where God is running a live show all the time. There's no, we, we do a live show twice a week. God's live show is all the time. It's constant. They're constantly uh, giving out information. And, but if you're not on that frequency, then you're not going to be able to hear it. If I want to listen to country music and the radio is on a rock station, I don't care how much I want to listen to country music until I change that, the, the uh, setting on the dial. Of course, nowadays it's digital. Um, digital makes it a lot easier to tune in a uh, station, but God doesn't because God wants to see your diligence in you wanting to have conversation with them and you putting the effort forth and you draw near to God in conversation, but not just in conversation, not just talking to them, but draw near to God in listening. And you, you ask a question, stop and listen and wait for an answer. And then when you get an answer, don't just jump to, oh, okay, that's it. No, okay. All right, I got this answer. Does this go with the truth of God? Does this match with the truth of God? And it's interesting because sometimes you'll think it's you that's answering. Well, that, that's a process that you have to get through to realize that now there are other voices out there. And depending on what frequency you're on, and if you've been tuned into the frequency of the enemy for your whole life, then you're not going to hear the voice of God and you're not going to hear them right away. You're going to have to start turning the dial. No, I'm, I know that God exists and I know that God talks to their people. And so I'm going to figure out how I can get on that station, how I can get on that frequency so I can hear what they have to say when they have to say it. And then it becomes a uh, live call-in show where you're, you talk to them, they talk to you, you, you ask for information, they give you information. Sometimes they give you, uh, you'll ask them a question and they'll give it back to you in, a, in the form of a question to get your mind thinking. It's all part of the discernment process that they're going to get you thinking on their level. And does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the, the word of God? If, if somebody or some voice tells you something that doesn't line up with the truth of God and doesn't line up with what the Bible says, then don't listen to it. Use that as an avenue to understand, okay, whether that was me or the enemy, that wasn't God because the Bible says this here. Is, is it okay to sin? Yes. Wait a minute. I, I, I discern because of the Bible. The Bible says in him there is no sin. And so because in him there is no sin, then if you're in him, you can't sin. And that's part of the, the testing ground that you can use 
is ask simple questions that the enemy has to lie about. Ask simple questions that they have to lie about, and that will start you in a direction of being able to hear the voices because the enemy's voice is the one that you're going to hear first because that's what you're tuned into. And so as you listen to the voices, ask questions. Did Messiah, the Son of God, come in the flesh? If you get a no, then it's from the enemy. Because anyone who acknowledges or doesn't acknowledge that Messiah came in the flesh, but they can't. See, that's that's the beauty part about that. If it's the enemy speaking to you and they say no, then you know that that was the enemy that spoke to you. So you start to distinguish that voice and then ask again at a different time. And if you get a yes, okay, well, that may not be specifically the voice of God, you may be hearing a voice of an angel at that time, because you can also, you also have to distinguish with the the voices of the angels. And is this, is this coming directly from God? I mean, it's coming from God. If it's coming through an angel, not a demon, it's coming from God, but is it coming directly from their mouth or is it coming from the, uh, the angel sent to be your ministering spirit? Um, there has to be a way that the angel can communicate to you, and there is, and it's in your, uh, it's in your processing core. That's where all of the extrasensory perception takes place, ESP, which would be perceived as, well, you can't read people's mind. Well, it's about discernment and using your senses to recognize the reality of truth, just looking at the creation outside the window that that had to be created by a designer. There are too many intricate details involved in that. And so my perception, God does exist. And then as I start to have conversation and uh, discussions with them, I get to the point where I actually am able to start to distinguish whose voice this is. Because the enemy is very crafty and they will try to come to you as an angel of light. But just because something feels good doesn't mean that you're hearing the voice of God. Just because it's filling your your mindset of what you think you need doesn't mean it's what you need. And there's so many areas of discernment that you need to have. But... With also with ESP, the extrasensory perception, that's just you perceiving through your other senses, that you can taste that the Lord is good. Well, you're not physically tasting with your mouth. You're, you're tasting with your perception that God is good. God is always good. There's nothing bad with God, so it tastes good. And these are things that are set aside. And the reality is, is that we have to look at the truth based in ESP. It's not a me sitting here staring you in the eye and I know exactly what Sean's thinking. I know. No, it's, it's not that. But you'll find this happen in times when 
you'll be in a room and your wife will be on the other side of the room talking to somebody and somebody will ask her a question and you'll know the answer that she's going to give. Well, how did you know the answer? Did you read her mind? Well, you, you did it through extrasensory perception. Uh, out of what you've experienced with her in the past, this is how she's going to respond. And then she responds that way. So it's not a, it's not an out of this world, strange thing that you do that. You get those perceptions. The key is, is making sure that what you perceive is a reality of truth of God and not from the enemy or not from within yourself and your programming of, of the things within yourself. Because sometimes the demons that people talk about are not, nothing more than their programming within them. Now, I was helped and guided and directed by demons for that to be in your lower conscience, but not everything you do is caused by demons. Now, you follow the ways of the enemy your whole life, then that's going to be your predominant way that you're going to turn. And it's not with intention, it's with programming. You have to, with intention, you have to be able to figure to distinguish the voices of God. You have to decide that you want to know, you want to hear their voices, and you're going to hear their voices, uh, and you're going to carry this out until the day you die because you really, really want to hear their voices. And if you want to, you'll put in the work necessary to hear their voices, and you will hear their voices. The Just like the scripture says, draw near to God and they will draw near to you. So if you draw near to God, then in uh, talking to them, they're going to talk to you, but until you draw near to them with listening to them, you're not going to be able to hear them. And they're not going to be able to hear you. You have, you want God to talk to you, you talk to them. You want God to hear you, hear them. And it's because every, no matter what it is, however you approach God, they will mirror that back to you. And that's, that's a fact. So if you talk to God in a hateful way, then you're going to get the hate back. It's the reflection of the mirror, the, what people might call karma, that what you put out there, then it comes back to you. Well, God says the same thing about them is, look, you come to us with a humble heart, then we'll come to you with a humble heart. You come to us with an arrogant heart, we're going to come to you with an arrogant heart. You are the one driving how God will come to you. <clears throat> so we really need to uh, let people know that it's really important that you, you, first off, you don't recognize that the majority of the voices that are speaking to you, telling you things that drive you in selfishness is either yourself or the voice of the enemy. Because you don't generally, without somebody telling you, you don't sit back and think, well, what are all these voices and what are they doing and what is, what is the difference between them? And no, you, you either shut it down because people think you're going to be crazy or don't talk about the, the fact that you heard the voice of God because the, the, you don't hear the voice of God and, that, and people are going to think you're crazy. I don't care what you think. I know what I hear. And I have heard 
uh, both an audible voice of, of Yah. I heard, I've heard an audible voice of the enemy. I had a time where I was having prayer time and uh, using the name of, of Messiah to uh, clear the air where I was. I heard a voice in my ear that said, I'll be back. And that was a, an audible voice. You, you can even hear the enemy from an audible perspective. But if you don't distinguish between those voices, then you're going to think it's you or you, well, I'm just crazy or what is it where, no, you can hear an audible voice, but I will tell you that predominantly God communicates through perception. That that's where they communicate with you is through the perception. So it's just uh, important stuff for people to know. And there's, of course, there's a lot uh, entailed in this as well. So, yeah, people will think how crazy you are that you actually, so God actually spoke to you. Yes. And <clears throat> I'll start with this the importance of the order of things, as we've talked about before that you must go through the first covenant first to get to the renewed covenant, which is a continuation of the first one. And a lot of times the reason people don't think that, or think that you're that us or anybody is crazy because they've heard the voice of God is because you go to the new Testament where Messiah is speaking and well, I hear their voice through the Bible. And that's one thing I've heard. Well, I hear their voices through the Bible, so I've, that's how I hear them. But let's go back to the beginning covenant. How often did Yah speak to people directly? Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Lord, I'm here. So is he delusional? Is he hearing? Who is he hearing? Well, he thought at the beginning that, you know, is it, I can't remember if it was a priest or somebody was staying with him, and then he spoke again. Yah spoke again. And got up and then Moses, take off your sandals where you're standing is on holy ground. So is Moses just making this up in his mind as he's as he's going? And Joshua, be strong and very courageous. You know, all these people, Jeremiah, Isaiah, well, you know, Lord, if you need somebody, send me. Well, he's just thinking this all in his mind and it's not happening. And it just made me think of look at those conversations that were there. And then it goes to when Messiah came and Messiah himself saying, father, I know you always hear me. Well, why does he hear him? Because he does the will of his father and mother. He has conversation with him. He had conversation with him through the Psalms, through the Proverbs, through Mary and Joseph guiding him, but he actually had relationship. And even when he's praying, he's talking directly to them. They're talking back. And this is something that people will look at you and say, well, that's in the Bible times. That's when God would speak like that. And I'll say, no, this is God. Yah is eternal. And they continually speak to their people. And you're relying on a feeling of feeling something. And I've heard this so many times. People say, well, I feel God is leading me here. I feel that God is leading me to another church. I've yet to see, hear somebody say, I actually was told by God directly to do this. And 
So thank you. Especially for us, we were told by Yah directly start a church. And let me go back from my background in Christianity in a Christianity setting. I have not heard somebody say, God told me, because think about it, I can't, and this is lower conscience, why well, can't tell people that God spoke to me? They're going to think I'm a nut. I'm crazy. It's like that movie in the 70s, if anybody's seen this with John Denver and George Burns called Oh God, that God was speaking to him directly, and it was this comedy movie. And But I've seen that movie a few times, and God does speak to their people and give them precise instructions on what to do, how to do it. And I can't remember the exact situation, and Phil, you may know that not only does God speak, but Yah will send a lying spirit to somebody, and people say, well, God can't lie. Why would God do that? But Yah wasn't lying. Yah isn't able to be tempted by evil, but Yah will send some will send a lying spirit to somebody to, to put somebody to the test, but it is not Yah that does the testing. It's that situation, and I don't know if you remember what that is. Um, I can't tell you the exact story, but it was one of the kings that was uh, asking the prophets about going to this battle that he shouldn't have gone to. And God said, uh, in the council of God, uh, God was looking, who will I send? And a, a lying spirit stepped forward. And so he sent the lying spirit, not into the mouth of one, but into the mouth of 400 prophets that they would prophesy the same thing. Well, is that not true of what's going on today with all the denominations and people, all the lying spirits that are around, but I'm going to send one that will be just thinking at Yeshua, that that'll be the one um, spirit that'll be true. And I can't remember the story, but just thinking he's the one I'm going to send. That's going to be the truth. Yes, because there was one prophet set aside who did bring, uh, he first told him the lie and then he told him the truth from God. Um, the pro the one prophet by himself. So yes, the, it was 400 other prophets that were uh, prophesying falsely, and the one prophecy prophet was prophesying uh, truthfully. Well, the, giving us revelation, what a picture of Messiah that he's going to be the one prophet that's going to give the truth, and everybody like let Yah be true, and every man a liar. And I'm just speaking from my background and similar to yours that you, you're so stuck on feelings, and the enemy loves working with within feelings. Now, Yah will, it's not like that Yah doesn't use feelings, but feelings are used in correspondence with the truth, meaning that feeling is a part of the truth, but don't base what you're doing on feelings, and the enemy knows that people are going to go on feelings because of programming, and if it feels good, well, it has to be God because God is good, but if it feels bad, well, that's the enemy. No, you'll find that if something doesn't feel good, that more than likely it's Yah because it's a struggle and a suffering that you need in order to learn something, to move on from the aspect that you are. But I'll go back to what you had pointed out to me that we were told directly, and, and I heard the audible voice that said, you and Philip start a church, and us going on that voice and moving on with it, Yah will speak to their people. And make sure that the voices that you are hearing, yes, your programming, things that you've seen in the past, movies, television, radio, music, that'll be in your lower conscience that will come up that you'll hear, you'll hear yourself. And I'm going to go back to a point that you brought out that is so key in this. To really understand and know the voice of Yah versus the enemy, 
the demons, spiritual forces is Yah will not speak or come to you in a way that does not line up with the truth. Now, people will, and people have said this, that the Bible is the infallible word of God. The Bible is not the infallible word of God. The word of God is infallible. Make sure that we understand what the truth is because the enemy will come at you and knowing what you understand and will come at you and say, well, did God really say? And our response is, yes, Yah did really say. Or, or no, Yah didn't really say and move on from it because we'll pull on your emotions because think about it. The enemy will look at your programming and well, I'll come at you this way because I'll know that you'll take it this way because of your cognitive dissonance and you'll go with it. And the enemy does not want to be out on the forefront speaking to somebody. They want to be in the background because I don't want you to know that I'm the one leading you around. I don't want you to know that at all because that voice that you've heard, I've heard that voice too of either I'll be back or I'd love to do all these things to torture and kill you, but they won't let me. I've heard that told to me, or I would do this to you or that to you, and you've got their protection. And I've heard that voice. I've actually had the enemy's hands on my throat choking me. I've had that situation before too. And speaking the name of Yeshua is what released it. And that was a, a lesson for me of that just realize the power that the enemy is able to have, but our power is greater. The power of God is going to supersede any power of the enemy. And with us talking about the voices, this isn't to get people in a state of, oh my gosh, that, you know, there's these voices. Well, your programming is speaking to you. Even our programming now is a voice that's speaking to us on why do you do things? And that's the more we learn to walk in self-control that we can control the voices we're listening to and making sure that what we're doing is lining up with the word of God. And we get the word of God in our lower conscience to where that is our programming. That's our very being. But think about, you had mentioned this, it's in first John that y'all gives instructions on testing the spirits to make sure they're from God. And yes, you start out that way, but then as you grow in it, you get away from just the audible voice itself. And it's through discernment of, all right, well, this, this is coming. Let me just discern this. Does this line up with the word? And if you're, well, would y'all really do this? Would y'all come to me in this kind of attitude? Would y'all come to me with this kind of statement? Because remember that the enemy is the accuser. So the enemy will come at you in a accusatory manner. Y'all will speak to you in a matter of fact manner. Like for example, Yah's not going to come to you and say, are you sure about this? Or is that really what you should do? That's more to get you to doubt. Yah will say, do this, do that. It'll be yes, or it'll be no. It'll be matter of fact. It'll be true. And a lot of times Yah will even use this to, well, discern this. We'll give you a situation, discern this. You're one person is hearing one thing. One person's hearing another. Well, which one is true? Well, how are you going to discern it? Does it line up with the truth? Does it line up? But look at how it, it comes to you. Look at how it's presented to you. Discern this, because I remember you had told me you had this, that if I remember right, Yah had come to you and was like, which voice is speaking of us three? And you had to, well, let me think, let me see how it's coming to me. How is it? Oh, okay, it's this. And well, discern it deeper. But, but this is, we're talking to those that are, may or may not be aware of this or even thinking about this. Because get in your mind that 
the word of God is the word of God, that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So that means that Yah is speaking, but make sure that you make the effort to tune into it, just like the radio dial. You've got to fine tune it, because I did the same thing you did with the AM radio, and I would you would tune it, and you would hear, gosh, five or six different voices, and you would just almost get it, and then, oh, there it is, leave it, don't touch it. But then if you move it just slightly you'll get all the other voices. And what Yah is saying is, is that we're here, but you've got to, you have to make the effort to tune out all the other things because, and you know this from growing up, that you would have that radio station or something you'd listen to and you would stay on it and somebody turns it to country, get it off country or get it off of rap or get it off of this. I don't want that. I want this. That there's a, a key point in this that we have to make the effort to hear the voice of God, because Yah is not going to just come to people and just, here's my voice, hear me. No, it's by faith that you've got to pursue the voice of God in order to hear it. But Yah knows that, no, this isn't about you just coming to us one time and we just give you what you want. That Yeah, we're, we're listening, but we're going to see how bad do you want to hear us because you're going to come to us and we're, we're just going to be silent for a little while just to see are you going to, well, I thought y'all was going to speak, so I'll just, okay, well, well, we'll just see, and then we'll see what you're going to do with this. You're going to keep it with it, or you're just going to give up, and you'll be sitting there, and then, well, I just don't hear the voice of God. Well, are you looking for just the verbal only, or are you looking for discernment and things like that? Because it's a huge point of it's not just the audible voice, it's the how's it coming at you, it's through discernment, so y'all will give you information, or a thought will come to mind. Well, go to the Word of God. Oh, wait a minute. God's speaking to me. What about this scripture? Also, they are speaking. Because I've had this on my journey that you get so stuck on, uh, I want to hear this audible voice, and if I don't hear it, then, quote, I'm doing something wrong, or I don't know, Yah's not speaking. But it was like you said, that that radio dial of their frequency is continuing to go. So what is in my programming, what is in my thought process that's actually hindering me from hearing that because a lot of the blame gets put on, well, I don't know why God is not doing this. And it's like, no, it's evaluate yourself. Are you being prideful and God is resisting you or are you being humble? So y'all will be drawn to you. So a lot of, most of this is in our hands on how we approach God because God will say, okay, well, I see you've got this humility. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to, to give you this little nugget, something like that for you to say, oh my, whoa, I heard, I heard their voice. Who is that? So that that will get you to continually seek after it. But a lot of this, it's a journey. It's, it's exactly like you had said that this isn't, you just go right to it and Yah is your personal secretary and Yah gives you everything that you want right when you want it. Because if that happened, then Yah knows that you're going to come to me just to get what you want. And you're not going to use me like that. So how bad do you first want to know our voices and hear them and how diligent you're going to be with it? And then even from there, you're going to hear our voice through the Bible. You're going to hear our voice audibly. You're going to hear it through discernment. So this isn't just a blanket. You hear their voice audibly and, all right, I heard the voice of God now because Yah does speak through their word, but it's a it's a combination of all these things that Yah will speak through discernment. Yah will speak through the perception, they'll speak audibly, they'll speak at times through feelings. So this is a this is a 
a journey that you start and continue and grow in to where you develop a conversational relationship with them. Well, a relationship that you grow up in your life with is the relationship between yourself and the enemy. And the enemy loves somebody who's walking in a selfish perspective because you're going to do exactly what I tell you to do if you think it's going to favor you. They know that. They know that uh, without faith in God that you're going to be selfish, and they play on that. And the enemy doesn't do this like what you call grandstanding uh, all the time. Now, the enemy may grandstand to try to fear in somebody, but they they would rather just twist the truth just enough to get you offline. And then each time you listen to them, then it's just easier for them to twist it that much more. And that's what we've seen in the world in people who claim faith in God, but don't live in accordance with the truth of God. And as you were talking about the Bible aspect of where this is seen within the Bible, I, I've heard it said in the past that's, uh, that things changed, like the miraculous signs and wonders, that, that doesn't happen nowadays. Or uh, they heard the voice of God in the Old Testament, but we're in the New Testament times, and God doesn't speak to people that way. And But you read a Bible, you profess to be the infallible word of God, which the Bible itself written by man is fallible. That's why you need mother to give you the interpretation or not the interpretation, the revelation, the understanding of what it means. But you write off people who were Messiah himself and people who came after Messiah. And the first thought that hit my mind was it's in the Bible from the beginning to the end. Noah, build an ark. And this is how you're going to build it. I mean, so much conversation with Noah to give him intricate details as to how to build the ark in order that it would float and stay afloat for the amount of time that it needed to, how much room to have in it, how much food to put put in there to sustain them for the uh, 150 days they're on the water. And... So all this information he's getting from God because God is talking to him. So that's the, the one of the beginning instances, but I'll even go back farther than that. This just came to mind. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. And we know that they, they couldn't see the form of God because you have to have faith, and if they would have seen him, there would be no possibility for faith for them. And so though God was walking with them in the garden in the still of the day. They weren't able to see the physical form of God, but they were able to hear the voice of God. And whether they heard it audibly or uh, through uh, perception really doesn't matter. We have a recording at the very beginning of creation that God speaks to their people. And so God spoke to Adam and Eve, but so did the enemy. And God said in plain words, 
do not eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. For when you do, you will die. It will produce death. Did God really say that you couldn't eat of that fruit? Because God knows that if you eat that fruit, that, that you're going to be just like them. So we have, at the very beginning, we have the aspects of the enemy speaking and God speaking. And what voice did they listen to? The enemy's voice. Right. Instead of listening to God, they chose, because God prophesied it in his words when he said, for when you eat of it, he didn't say if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said when you eat of it. So God knew that the creation of man was there, that you're going to listen to the enemy. But that's only for a time that when you decide you want to be godly, that you're going to stop listening to the voice of the enemy. But when that's the voice that you've been listening to your whole life, then it's going to take some time for you to be able to distinguish the difference in the voices. So we have Adam and Eve who both had uh, those conversations with God. So let's fast forward all the way up to Revelation. Everything that John copied down were those audible voices as he was awake in the or was he he was in a vision and in that vision he had multiple voices speaking to him one of like the son of man he had the the uh, angels he had various different ones that were actually speaking to him that he could record it down and so <laughs> that he was in a vision hearing these things. So if you can't hear the voice of God like that in your mind, then how can you hear people in your mind when you're having a dream, when there's conversation going on and this person said this and, and I don't understand what this means because this person came out and they said this and this was really off base. And how are you able to do that when that person's not even with you, not even present in the same place? Well, it's the, the same concept. Uh, that you're able to hear the voice of God and for them to guide you along the way. And then in the midst of that, we have all the prophets that were spoken to, Moses, Joshua. Uh, we go all the way up to Messiah comes, and Messiah says, I do everything the Father tells me to do. So Messiah himself, go ahead. The, uh, <clears throat> So it goes even further back than Adam and Eve, and I'm not going in that direction, but you know what I mean, but the, I'm going in this direction. The Word says, in the beginning was the Word, and it made me think of how do we communicate if we don't have, we don't have words, which the Word is everything that proceeds from the mouth of God, vibration, that without word and yet I even did this at the beginning that without words we cannot have a conversation we can't communicate so even Yah having that putting everything in creation even the creation itself is speaking because it came from the mouth of God that there's conversation going on with creation 
and you mentioned this mother on the street corner, how long were you simple ones living your simple ways? Well, that's creation that's right there on the street corner. How long are you going to sit here and suppress our truth that's right in front of you? Why are you living foolishly? Why don't you, so people can't say, well, I didn't know that God was speaking to me. And well, I'm looking outside your window and there's some pretty flowers with some lavender <clears throat> petals there that are speaking to me, the, that God exists. So why am I, and not me, but why would, why am I looking out and suppressing the truth by saying, well, that was from an explosion. That wasn't. So God is speaking directly to everybody through their creation because their invisible qualities, their voice, everything have been made known through the creation so that mankind is without excuse. So nobody's going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment and say, well, you never spoke to me. I never heard your audible voice. You didn't hear me in the morning when you were at the beach for weeks at a time doing nothing, looking at the sunrise come up. I was speaking to you, telling you you need to get on with it and get going, and you suppressed it. So what do you, what do you mean I wasn't speaking to you? Well, I didn't hear an audible voice. So you didn't hear your own conscience telling you you shouldn't be doing this or any of that stuff? I was just thinking back to the fact of, and I agree with you that, yes, at the beginning, Adam and Eve but yeah, putting this into place that even before they even spoke to them, that that communication was already there through the creation so that mankind is without excuse. So anybody cannot sit here and say, well, nobody told me that I could hear the voice of God. Well, it was already told to you because it's right in front of you. God is speaking through their creation. And the word says that because people didn't think it worthwhile to retain the, the truth or acknowledge it, that God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. So a lot of this is that, yes, realize that Yah does speak and you can hear their voices, but realize that God is speaking through their creation to where even if somebody's out in this remote jungle and you think nobody's there and we got to take the word of God to them that no, no, Yah is speaking to those people through creation because how do we get the You'll see people in the jungle that they'll have people that they sacrifice to the moon god or the bird god or, well, how do they know that that exists? Because the creation is there. They're not necessarily accepting the truth of God. They're suppressing it, but they still, they know God exists by looking around. So this just coming to mind, a huge aspect of Yah has made their presence known and they're speaking. It's just make sure you're not suppressing the truth and thinking that, well, nobody's speaking to me, so I'm just going to, I'm just kind of going around. But the Yah is always speaking. It's that you've got to tune into it and find it. And the creation is just another great example of removing excuses. Well, and it's interesting because uh, we sit here in a room in the United States with a computer and some equipment. We haven't physically gone to all the states in the United States, and we haven't physically gone to other countries across the world. But yet, we have been heard in 43 states and in 32 different countries just by mother the Spirit of God directing people to, hey, listen to this. If not for any other reason for them to hear the truth at least once. Now, some of those 
areas were just one time uh, that somebody had listened in, but doesn't matter. Somebody was able to hear our voice without being in our presence. How do they know it's our voice? How can they tell that it's actually you and me doing this and talking about this and it's not AI? This We got this AI that's just coming up with all this stuff and telling you. Well, because you're able to distinguish, you're able to be able to tell, you know, that that's not AI voice. Now, they're getting better at mimicking voices uh, with AI. But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, God even speaking to their own creation before Adam and Eve were created about the seeds in the ground and all the, the various different things. And so uh, God has been speaking from the beginning and they're still speaking. Now they'll be speaking to and after revelation because Messiah, he's, he, he was the last one that I had stopped on where Messiah, he said, I do everything the Father tells me to do. That means I hear the Father's voice, and I do what he tells me to do. We've seen a couple examples of him talking to Abba, but we didn't get to see him hearing the voice of God, but we know he heard the voice of God because he said it. I do everything the Father tells me to do. In order to do that, you have to be able to hear the voice. Now, you also have to accept the scriptures, which is the old covenant, as the voice of God as well, when it's spoken of that this is what the Lord God, the Lord Almighty says. And then every word after that, this is what the Lord said. And so we go up to Peter. Peter in a vision. Here's a voice. Kill and eat. No, not I. Who's he talking to? Well, he's talking to God. Uh, Paul. Paul on the road to Damascus. This is a, a, a really good one because uh, he was blinded by the light and the voice was speaking to him, but the, his, his companions that were with him couldn't distinguish what was being said. They, they didn't even know that it was a voice. They just heard the noise. And But Paul specifically heard the voice when the others didn't and couldn't. And so that's just another aspect of it. And then, of course, we have John from Revelation with all the uh, the voices that were speaking to him through Revelation. And so it's just really important that people understand that God speaking to their people, it doesn't go away. Even Messiah said that my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. Well, how do I know Messiah's voice if I don't ever speak to him? If I don't ever distinguish which voice is his, then, well, my sheep know my voice. So if you're going to be a, a sheep of the great shepherd, then you must learn how to distinguish the voice of truth. I mean, even uh, a Christian song speaking about the voice of truth, but you don't know how to distinguish the voice of truth because you don't think that God can speak to people in a uh, verbal, audible, or extrasensory perception perspective. It's just about a feeling. It's just, well, I feel this where it's not, hey, God, 
gave me this message to give to you, and this is what it is. Where do you see that nowadays rather than, well, God put it on my heart to tell you this? Well, when somebody says God put it on my heart, I would question it because I want to know that you have that connection with that person, that you're not just going on that, well, you met them one time and I know them. I know who they are. Now you get to know somebody through having conversation with them. And I promise you, it is not an easy task to figure out what are the voices of the enemy? What are the voice of God? But it is a doable task. It is possible for you to be able to distinguish the voices that are speaking to you, but it takes time and it takes you uh, drawing near to God, you asking for help, and then you in due diligence doing your best to be able to figure out, okay, what are these voices? Okay, first let me distinguish that, wow, there are different voices. Some of those voices are the altars that I have within me. Some of those voices are the enemy. Some of those voices are from God. And so you have to start to discern as to where the voice is coming from first before you can actually get to a point of distinguishing which is which and who is who. And because one of the things that we had uh, covered in our gathering, uh, this had been a while ago, was stop listening to the enemy. And that would come up multiple times, stop listening to the enemy. Now, this doesn't say you're going to stop hearing the enemy. It's stop listening to the enemy, meaning stop listening to what they're saying and then acting on that without any kind of discernment, without taking every thought captive and making it submissive to Messiah. You just jump and go on the very first thing that that you hear. Well, it's got to be God because it makes me feel good. No, what makes you feel good a lot of times is from self. It's your selfishness within that is taking over. And you want, you want, you want, instead of, you know what? This is about God anyway. And so who am I? I don't need to sit here. I'll ask God a question, but. I'm going to give the courtesy to God for them to have time to answer instead of we've been taught, of course, we changed this prayer. We've been taught was you get out your grocery list of stuff that you want and then you spill it off to God and then amen. And then you go away and you didn't give any time for them to answer. If there's one question in there, ask one question and then stop. And don't go to the next until you've gotten an answer. Because what we've changed prayer to is we call it conversational relationship, which means you have a relationship with God through conversation. And conversation is two-sided. It's not one-sided. If it's one-sided, it's a lecture. God does not want to, though it will happen at times, you will get a lecture where just like uh, Job got his lecture about 
do you know where I store the, the snow and do you know where all the, the wind stays and all this, all these different things, two chapters worth. He got a lecture from Yah, but then he had an opportunity to speak after that. And so it is a back and forth conversation. Sometimes you need to be lectured about what you're doing and it's wrong and you need to really be figuring this out. And then other times it's just a back and forth conversation. That's, that's what we should have an expectation of with God is that we're like you and I sit here or when we go walking, we have conversation back and forth. Not one of us doesn't speak the whole time that we leave room and open the door for somebody else to speak because, well, they have something to say and what they say may help me in the journey as well. And so we just really want to encourage people to stop listening to the enemy, which means we want you to hear the enemy because you can't distinguish the voice if you don't hear it. But stop listening, which means stop putting into action what the enemy's telling you to do, because that's what listening is. Listening is you listening with intent to be able to uh, understand the other person. Well, we don't want to understand the enemy. We want to understand God. And so we want to hear the enemy so we can distinguish the voices, but then we want to listen to God. And that is a uh, journey in the path. And the objective goal is you have to uh, start that conversation with Abba first. And you go through that beginning process of the faith journey till you repent to Abba. And then you go and you have conversation with Messiah and he teaches you how to be obedient. And then you go to having the conversation with mother where she teaches you how to trust and you get circumcision of the heart and now we're ready to move on, but we can hear each voice and you can look at distinguishing things for one, determining whether it's from the good side or the bad side, you have to do that first. And then you start to distinguish, okay, which voice is this that's speaking to me? Well, which one's coming to you like a mother? Which one's coming to you like with the uh, soft, comforting uh, aspect of teaching? And then which one's coming at you like the father, which is more in a perspective of a direct, absolute, uh, this is the way it is uh, perspective, a matter of fact. And then how do you communicate with uh, brothers and sisters? And so you start to use what you have in this life to be able to start to distinguish, look at uh, family orientation and how does the, generally, how does the father speak? And generally, what does the mothers do? And then the siblings, and then you work through that. Now, there are some issues because with worldly families, they're not acting all appropriately like they should, and everybody's working out of selfishness. And so uh, you have to be careful with that as well because the enemy will use that against you. But this is a thing that needs to be worked through 
so that you can have that communication with God. And you will with by what I believe it's the Hindu where they're the ones that talk about the third eye. That is your the third eye is not a fallacy, is not a lie. Uh, now, do do the Hindus understand it completely? Uh, no, but they have a uh, reasonable understanding. And when they bring up the third eye, and a lot of people be like, oh, "That's crazy," and you know, but your third eye is really your processing core of everything. Where you, it's it's the place that your sight goes through, your smell, all your senses go to that within the core of your brain before it then decides to do what it's going to do with it. You know, your, your sense of feel with pain and your sense of smell, taste, sight, all hearing, all that goes to that processing core, just like in this computer that we have sitting in front of us. Without that processing core, we are not able to do what we're doing on this computer because the computer has to discern and decide what direction this is going to go. And as soon as you input something, computer decides which way it's going to go. You put the mouse on somewhere and you click, that goes to the processing core and then kicks up whatever websites you clicked on or whatever. Uh, it may be like a Google Docs or whatever it is, but it's got to go through that processing core first before it's distributed in the appropriate place. And so we are built as a computer where within your mind you have one single individual processing core that actually works quicker than the processing core in the computer in order for you to instantly be able to feel pain when you feel pain that that's how quick because those nerve endings have to send a message to your brain and it takes time, not it. I mean, it's split second timing, but it takes time for that to travel to your brain and then for you to feel the pain. So same thing with hearing, same thing with seeing all these things go through processing core within you. And that's how you will have your greatest communication with God. That's how you will, with all your physical senses, you will turn them over to your spiritual senses, which are the same from the spiritual perspective, which will all go through that same processing core. And that's how you're able to have the extrasensory perception. The extrasensory is the spiritual perspective of being able to sense the presence of God and the voice of God and the things that they're telling you. I had this just thinking about the communication aspect, going back to the, the first covenant. And you had mentioned that, I don't know if it, if it is in numbers or not, but you mentioned that you were going through numbers, but it made me think of Moses going to the tent of meeting with Yah, that Moses was the one that was speaking to Yah face to face, having conversation. The people weren't at that point. They didn't want to hear from God because they were afraid when they came before Mount Sinai that they had said, please just, you know, don't speak to us anymore and just speak to Moses. It made me think of that face to face conversation that what a picture of Moses being a picture of Messiah, that he's the one that's speaking to God face to face. And then 
because remember, Messiah said, no longer will you come to me and I'll go to the father, but you'll go face to face. So this is a journey of you start out behind the veil to where Yah is speaking, but there's a curtain there and get to a point where you have circumcision of the heart, where the veil is lifted to where you're truly face to face. And we can talk to God face to face, all three of them, Abba, Ima, and Yeshua in regards to this. And <clears throat> you were talking about the the processing core for the extrasensory perception. I'm thinking it's in Revelation that it talks about the angel put the mark of God on their forehead. And I was like, wait a minute. So think about this. Circumcision of the heart done by mother that you're marked as a child of God. And think about it. It's on your forehead. It would make sense. It would be on your forehead that that's your processing core that you now have the spirit within so that you can discern. And I found it fascinating that it talks about the mark of the beast that either, if I remember right, it's like you get a, it's, let's see, your right hand, either your right hand or your forehead. I know it's like either the right hand or something like that. And it made me think of, well, wait a minute, what's the right hand of somebody? Is their strength, you know, come and sit at my right hand. So your strength is your, you're finding that in selfishness and relying on what the beast would do. So make sure that when you're marked, Make sure that you don't have the mark of the beast, which is that selfishness, but you have the mark of God, which is circumcision of the heart, so that when you have circumcision of the heart, you will not take the mark of the beast because, no, you're already marked by God, and that's how they can distinguish to where is it necessarily a physical mark or you're going to stand out as you're marked because we can see that you're not following these ways and you're not following the ways of what the enemy is saying. and in speaking and well, you're going to, you're going to end up dying. If you don't take this mark, well, then I end up dying then because I'm not going to renounce my faith in God and you put me to death and you put me to death. It doesn't matter. So a lot of with revelation, we've talked about this before that it is literal, metaphorical things like that. And it just made me think of what a way to be marked that how do you know who a child of God is and a child of the devil is? Well, a child of God doesn't continue to sin. A child of the enemy continues to sin so what's the mark? Well, you claim you sin. Well, yeah, everybody sins. Well, then you don't have the mark of God to say that you're um, the circumcision of the heart that you don't sin. And just this is just interesting how just every day think about the voices speaking to you on television, on the phone that you look at and what the world does and what the world says that there's voices all around and we're made in the image of God. So in the image of God, why would God not speak to us when we speak to each other? It, it makes no sense that Yah would make a creation that's in their image, but then they don't talk to their creation. That, that doesn't make any sense. That's against what Yah does. And we've had this before, and I know Cindy, your wife, she, um, she had said this, that you'll be saying something or I'll say something and we'll finish the, the thought and she'll say, how do you do that? How do you know what? And I don't know what you're going to say, but we've had so much conversation back and forth that there'll be something that I'll be thinking along the same line that you are. And we'll just, you'll think, what was that word? And this, oh yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. And it's not this magical, how, how do you come up with that? Well, because we spent time together, we've had conversation. We're both speaking the truth so we can, we're able to do that. And it's not exact every time, you know, we'll have things that you'll say and were you thinking this? No, I wasn't thinking that I was thinking this. And that's the thing, the more you communicate, 
that you can discern quicker and more accurately than if you haven't. If you're new to this and you thought, wow, I never knew that I could hear the voice of God, then it, it's going to take some time and process for you to, on a continual basis, hear. But I would encourage those that are listening, that are seeking with all their heart, that really are, want to build that desire to have conversation with, with Yah, that don't be discouraged when you go to them and you may not perceive you're getting anything or there's silence and stuff. Just keep on with it. Keep pushing through it because it is going to take time because Yah will test you and see uh, are, are you really serious about this? Do you really want to hear our voice? And are you going to be satisfied not hearing it? And what are you going to do with it? So, And also be aware that the enemy, hearing this as well, will come to you and and say things and do things to get you away from this to, well, you know, you're not hearing the voice of God and just give up. Or So just be aware that those that are really seeking with all their heart, the enemy sees that and they know you're on the journey of getting away from that old way and they're going to attempt to intervene to stop all this and get you distracted and get things to happen to where if you're attempting to have that quiet time with you, that they'll put thoughts in your mind to get you distracted. So just be on guard for that. And even just like Adam and Eve, where you have evidence laid out that God speaks to their people and the evidence that the enemy speaks to the people as well, that Messiah, he heard the voice of the enemy when he was out in the desert. If Was he just hearing voices when the enemy came to him and tempted him the various different things that he was tempted with. So he heard the voice of the enemy as well, but he didn't listen to the voice of the enemy. He listened to the voice of God. Well, the word of God says, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So he was, uh, he was hearing from both, but he was listening to God because I do everything the Father tells me to do. Well, that aspect of Scripture was a uh, backup to, well, this is also the Word of God, so I'm using that to not listen to the enemy. Because if you notice, the enemy was trying to play on an aspect of feeling good of once, you know, if you do this, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Because he's playing on the selfishness. You know, well, I know you're hungry, so you'll, you'll, you'll turn this bread into the stones so you can eat. And no, this is where you have to be done with self, where you have to have died to self in order that you're not going to listen to the me. And the only way that you can truly do that is for you to have circumcision of the heart. Now, in the process of this, that doesn't mean you don't have circumcision of the heart. It doesn't mean that you can't hear the voice of God and can't have conversation with them. Well, you, you have to. You have to start that conversation with Abba in the beginning. Let Abba guide you. Let Abba teach you and start distinguishing Abba's voice to know that that he is a terror 
and then you get to the point where he becomes a friend. But this aspect of communication, it never went away. It just people stopped using it because somewhere along the way, the supposed faith in Jesus got people to think that you don't actually hear a voice. Why? Because people who don't have true faith in God cannot distinguish the voices. They cannot hear the voice of God and act on it because they don't have faith. Faith is something that you have to have in order to hear the voice of God. And faith is a journey. It's not all, well, you have circumcision of the heart and you have then you have faith. No, your faith starts when you start seeking God with all of your heart because you have faith that they exist and that's why you're seeking them. And so you have faith and in that you're seeking with all of your heart, then you will hear their voice. Here's the thing. You will hear what you want to hear that gives you what you want. So until you determine that God is the only thing you want and everything else doesn't matter, then you're probably not going to hear that voice because even in uh, Proverbs where it talks about uh, wisdom standing on the street corner, crying aloud, calling out, who's hearing it? Only those who want wisdom, who want knowledge, who want understanding will hear the voice of mother crying out on the street corner. And what's the day? Is it the fact that you're not hearing mothers crying out? No, you're hearing it because that, that, that's where your conscience comes in because you know you're guilty. Why do you know you're guilty? Because this has been crying out from the creation of the world that leave your wicked ways, leave your simple ways and join to God and be saved. And so if you don't know the voice of God and, and how can you be able to distinguish the voice of the spirit if you're perceiving the spirit to be male and you're hearing a male voice i promise you that if it's the spirit speaking to you and you're hearing a male voice that it is the spirit of the enemy and not the spirit of god because the spirit of god is female and will talk in such a fashion and if you're always looking to the, the spirit, he, the spirit, he, the spirit, he, then you don't have faith in God. You claim you know God, but you don't know these aspects. You don't recognize the fact that we were created in the image of God, male and female. So there has to be a male and female image of God. You set aside the fact that uh, most mythologies and most that, that talk about gods have female deities, even the false ones are professing female deities. Why? Because somewhere along the way, they knew that there's a female deity that's attached to God. Now, the ones that they attach to it are not, uh, they, they could be a slight representation, but that it's not the spirit. But we set, people have set aside the spirit of God as being he. Somewhere along the way, that got translated to he, instead of she, because again, if you go to the Hebrew, which is the spirit, the breath of God, which is the Ruach HaKodesh, then that is a feminine 
terminology to express that the spirit of God is feminine. And then that ties into Proverbs, where it talks about wisdom and wisdom, she, wisdom, she, wisdom, she. And people still listen to the enemy to ignore the fact that the Bible within itself, the book that you profess to be the infallible word of God tells you that the wisdom of God is a female, that the the spirit is female, and you write it off. Well, how can you be listening to the voice of God and do that? How can you be created in the image of God and you have male and female in this physical life, but you don't have uh, male and female in the Godhead, in, in the God perspective that yeah, we, we, it's all him. Well, if it was all guys, we have no women in this world and we see it today. And so these are just important things for people to recognize, to know the realities of the truth of God and be very careful when whatever you're receiving feels good because that's the enemy's greatest avenue into into you is what you think feels good and until you transfer your mind to the fact that the things of god feel good then the things of god that come your way aren't going to feel good they're going to convict you which is going to make you feel bad they're going to convince you uh, that you're wrong and it's up to you to choose whether you're going to accept it or whether you're going to reject it so you've got to figure out how to have this personal relationship with God to where you speak with them, where you have this. Messiah had the personal relationship with his disciples in order that they would be able to have that communication back and forth. And we can have that with Abba and Ima as well. But stop rejecting the things that are true and be very careful with things that feel good, especially in the beginning of faith, because in the beginning of faith, you're, you have to feel bad. You have to feel the weight of who you are before God. And then you can have the opportunity to make the decision to change, to repent, to turn away from it. You had just spoken about something. I wasn't even thinking about how huge of an aspect this is that and this was spoken about the young man that was born blind, that was healed by Messiah. And he made a statement to the people that were questioning him. And he said, we know that God doesn't hear sinners. And what that actually says is God does not listen to sinners. And I had this, Yah gave me this picture. And it, it once again, it goes back to the beautiful order of Yah and their gospel message. If you don't listen to Abba, then you're not going to be drawn to Yeshua. Because if you don't apply the lessons of Abba, then he's not going to move you on to Messiah. And when you get to Yeshua, you will then listen to him because you listen to the Father. And you'll listen to him. You'll put into practice his commands. You'll put into practice these words of his. Then you have circumcision of the heart. If you don't listen to Abba and Yeshua then what good is mother going to be for you? Because she's going to be giving you spiritual understanding and guidance in order to be self-controlled, in order to 
look at your lower conscience and evaluate and get stuff out of the lower conscience and rend the past, you're not going to listen because remember in Revelation it says, the one that has an ear to hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And it made me think of that aspect because if you don't repent to Abba, then you're, you've already, well, I'm not committed to listening to you. Well, repent means I'm committed to listen to you, everything that you say, everything you want me to do. Okay, so you're walking in repentance now because you've been listening to my voice, and which means you're applying what I'm saying. Now I'm going to lead you to my son, which will show you the, the model of obedience that I'm looking for. And even he says, this is my beloved son, hear him, which means listen to him, listen to Yeshua. Therefore, you'll be ready and prepared to give your life like I did. And then you'll be raised from the dead. You'll have circumcision of the heart like I have. Then you have mother in your heart. You now walk by the spirit, not letter. And it even goes to at the beginning of Romans where it says, this is a gospel message from faith to faith. You start out with the measure of faith, and you go to, it's from faith, the beginning of it, to circumcision of the heart, from faith to faith. That was a scripture that I remember wrapping my mind around so many times, and just, yeah, what is this talking about? And even recently, I was thinking about it, and right when you said that, I was like, that's what Yah's talking about that you start out with a measure of faith, but it's from faith to faith, the fullness of faith, circumcision of the heart. So it's a journey from faith to faith now, but you continue in that fullness of faith. It doesn't stop until you're perfected. And then you have the fullness of knowing God. And then therefore you walk with God in the kingdom. But this is just a huge thing because Yah hears people because you seek with all your heart. Yah hears but you ask Yah for something. When do they get to point? When will Abba listen to you? You repent. Okay, I'll listen to you and I'll forgive your sins that, that you, you don't want to sin anymore. Okay, well, I'll listen to that and I'll give you a, a reprieve. I'll forgive you of your sins. But know this, that it continues from here. Continue to walk in repentance and you'll have forgiveness of sins. I'll listen to you and I'll forgive your sins. And you go to Yeshua, walk in obedience that whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Okay, well, I'll obey you if you do what I ask you to do. And then with mother, that I will obey you when you obey me. And people think, well, so you mean God will obey you? Yes, they will. But you have to obey them first in order for them to obey you. And what you ask of them will line up with their word and they will do it. It's just like it says that we're pleasing to God because we do, we obey their commands and do what is pleasing in their sight. Of course, they will if we ask them for something, yeah, please give this person everything they need to find the fullness of faith. We'll do that. We'll give them longer to live, give them information so that they can have the opportunity to seek with all their heart. We're not going to do it for them. And it just made me think of the things that we ask for like that in faith. We ask according to their will, because the word says anything we ask in accordance to their will, they listen to us because we do what is pleasing in their sight and obey their commands. That's the point of this is that Yah will obey you when you obey them. And it's a reciprocal thing. Think about it. It's a relationship. Well, you relate to each other. Well, you relate to me and I'll relate to you. It, it, it's the same aspect. It made me think of going from looking at Yah as a terror on Mount Sinai to 
you walk in with Yah in the cool of the day where you're walking side by side, it's not a lecture. It turns into a conversation that through my son, we now have peace. So now I'll walk with you in the cool of the day and we'll have conversation back and forth. And so that just stood out to me in regards to the listening aspect that don't depend on the Bible, depend on the word of God, because yes, the Bible says that Yah doesn't hear sinners. But the truth of that scripture is God doesn't listen to sinners because who is a sinner going to demand that God do anything for them? But you get to a point where you don't sin. Yeah. Yah will listen to you just like Messiah is the, the perfect example of this, that you're walking without sin. Father, I know that you always hear me. Well, with circumcision of the heart, Abba, Emi, Yeshua, I know that you always hear me. You always listen. And that doesn't mean we don't demand things of God. We make requests. Just, yeah, please help this person. Help me to see. Okay, well, I'm listening to you. I'll, I'll give you what you need to see. Now, you've got to put in the work. But as you discern and evaluate, I'll put stuff in front of you so you can see. So th- this is just a huge aspect that those that are listening out there, that you can come to a point where, yeah, I will listen to you. And it's a crucial part of faith, but just realize that the way that you speak to God, that they will, as it was said, that they will return that to you. So your attitude is in humility and respect, and then therefore Yah will give you the reverence and respect as well. Well, when has God ever demanded something of you without you taking that step first because word says if you make a vow to the lord then he will demand it of you but god doesn't put the demand on you you put yourself in a position for god to demand it from you if you never make a vow then god's not going to demand that that's carried out regardless of what that vow is because you didn't make it so it's not a vow so therefore you're safe from that perspective. The reality of it is that just like you were saying, and it falls in with the draw near to God and they will draw near to you. You listen to God and God will listen to you. You listen to their voice and you listen to what the Bible says and you act in accordance to what the Bible says. And then they will listen to you. And as you go along, along the journey and you grow, then you get more uh, avenue to request things of God. See, God never demanded anything without you putting yourself in that position first. Even with Adam and Eve, God didn't demand that they don't eat of that fruit. It was a command because it was still optional. A demand from God not optional. You, you don't get the option. And so don't make a vow unless you're sure you're going to fulfill it because God will demand it of you because you put yourself in that position. You set it up first. You approach God with the vow. Then God's going to approach you with the demanding that you're going to fulfill it. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of people that have quote unquote va- uh, vowed to God of with this Jesus that's being taught and they're going to see that 
God's going to demand that of you, and you're not going to be answered answer for that unless you find the truth of God and truly repent and have that faith within them to be able to hear their voice. And that's the thing. It's the the voices. It's like you go into a restaurant. Okay, you have a you go into a restaurant with your wife and you sit down at a table and you're having conversation with your wife. Okay. What are you hearing when you're in the restaurant? Well, you just hear gibberish or you just hear kind of background noise because you're focused in on that person. You just tune it all out. Right. So you're hearing other conversations. You're hearing other noises of dishes clanking and utensils and all that kind of stuff. You're hearing it, but you're not listening to it. Because hearing and listening are two completely different things. Because what you're going to hear is what you're tuning yourself into. And if you're tuned into selfishness, then that's what's going to be pleasing to you. That's what's going to give you what you think feels good. And then, oh, man, God gave me this, this beautiful house on the lake and because it feels good. But would you have that same response if God took away your physical house, and you didn't have the house on the lake. Well, no, this is bad. And why? Where the realities are truly the things that feel good generally are the things that are not good for you. It's like the sodas. In general, sodas taste better than water especially because we've uh, acclimated ourselves to the taste of it. So a soda tastes better than water. But which one's better for you? All that chemical stuff that they're putting in that soda to get it to taste like it does and all the extra sugar or you to drink pure water, which one's better? The water is. But we tend to drink things other than water because of the taste of it. It tastes good. Well, you will do the exact same thing from a faith perspective until you make up your mind that you're going to acquire a taste for the truth of God, and that's what's going to feel good for you. So you have to make a transformation of your taste to, I don't like soda anymore. I don't like it. I'm not going to drink it. I don't like it you do that, then I'm going to drink water. I'm not going to drink, don't, don't, well, I'm not going to drink soda. I'm just going to drink coffee all the time. Well, no, that's not going to be a benefit. And again, I'm not saying that any of this stuff in moderation is going to uh, remove your place in the kingdom. No, that that's not. The objective is to use the things of the world to understand the things of the spirit. And you know that if something tastes good, that Oh, it's the best thing for you. No, the the cake that you're shoving in your mouth and you're eating that, you're eating that because the Brussels sprouts or the spinach or the green beans don't taste that good. And why do you always save the dessert for last instead of eat your dessert first and then into the uh, beef and the vegetables and the 
Oh, because you want to finish with that. I want to feel good when I'm done. So I get that nice, sweet taste in the, in my mouth. And, and you can do that in the world, but in faith in God, the things of God are sweet and they are nourishing. It's the, the milk and honey, but you have to acquire a taste for it. And once you acquire a taste, and you've convinced yourself that it is good and it tastes good, then you will drink uh, more and more of that liquid or that eat more of that food. But in the beginning parts of the journey, you have to be careful to make sure that if it's feeling good, there's a good possibility that it's not good for you, that it's not right. And you really need to evaluate. Now, if you evaluate and through discernment, you process that in your mind to be able to understand that, okay, this, this is an area where God has allowed me to feel, uh, feel good, then accept it and then move on. But your selfishness within you, the core of who we are, the thing that must die for us to have circumcision of the heart is the thing that always wants that sweet tasting thing that's that's not going to feel bad and it's it's always going to make me feel good and that's not the way it is the reality is is that you have to face the bad tasting stuff to acquire a taste for it so that you then you like what it is that god is offering and not turning it down or turning your nose up to it and you do this without even realizing that you're turning God away when you accept the feel-good thing of the world but reject the thing that, well, I, I, I got this brand-new car, and, God, man, God just blessed me. God just blessed me to have this car, and God just blessed me. But would that same person, if they just lost their, the car that they had, it just got taken away because they didn't make payments. Would they be, well, God just blessed me to take that car away. And well, cause we know that in this physical world, you get upset when stuff like that happens. And, but you don't understand that that car you had was going to, it, it had a bad part on it and God took it away from you so that that part wouldn't go bad while you're, at 75 miles and I want the interstate and take your life so that you don't have an opportunity to, for faith, but you don't look at it from that perspective. You look at it from the selfish perspective of woe is me. Look, I lost this. I lost this. I, instead of what's the blessing in this, what's the purpose? Is there a purpose in this for this to happen? And those are things that we have to learn to, Stop listening to the voice of the enemy who wants to make you feel good as much as they can all the time, to make you feel like you have this faith in God, but yet you don't because you still sin. And if you sin like you had brought up, you, you, God is not going to listen to you. Whatever prayer you think you're praying to God, if you're sinning without the seeking with all of your heart without the journey of this gospel message to get to circumcision of a heart, to get to the point where you don't sin, God is not going to listen to you. Now, if you're on the journey and you're seeking with all of your heart, that means you're seeking to listen to God and do what they want you to do. 
and therefore they will listen to you and they will give you the help necessary along the way until you get to that point of circumcision of the heart from faith to faith, that you get to that point where, okay, you've made it to this point, but we don't, uh, in this world, we don't go with the linear perspective. Everything needs to be circular so that even at circumcision of the heart, now you start another journey of changing your taste and figuring out what is good, what, what is good to God is good to me. And then you will start to be able to empty your subconscious of all the garbage that is in there. And it's going to take some time, but discernment is a huge perspective of having faith. And even in this life, you discern things you, you, uh, somebody else, they could send you a text message and it may or may not be the case, but they send you a text message and you catch a, a, a glimpse of an attitude in the way they send it, or you're talking to somebody on the phone and they use uh, voice inflection a certain way. Well, you hear them, what they said, and, oh, you're going to be mad at me? The heck with you. And, I, and, and you didn't stop and ask them, hey, are, are you mad? Is, did I do something? Is What's up? You just assumed, so you're using this this uh, objective that we talk about about the uh, processing and discernment. And sometimes, a lot of times, your discernment until you have faith in God, your discernment's going to be wrong because your discernment is still based in how it makes you feel, rather than what the truth is. And this is why it's important that you decide you want to know the truth, no matter how it affects you. And when you do, then you will start to be able to advance and grow and be able to get rid of the selfishness that lies within the core of who you are. And when you die to that, then you just continue to uh, sample and taste the things of God with the idea that this is good. This is good. Whatever my lot and my portion is, whatever comes my way, then I'm going to be okay with it because God knows and God promises that they'll provide everything that I need. So I'm going to be okay with just what my needs are. And then God will sometimes allow you to have wants in the midst of that. But let it be God that's allowing you to have it, not you striving for it. And then when God gives it to you, then be thankful for it. And the thankfulness will follow in the aspect of, you know, if I have this thing for a long time or if I have it for a short time, you know, because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, I'm still going to praise his name, whether I have it or I don't, whether it's given to me or taken away, because that's the heart after God's own heart, that's the, the heart that wants to be what God wants you to be in the process. And so we have to work through discernment of voices and discernment of actions, figuring out how to distinguish the right from the wrong, and then doing our utmost, doing our best to work in doing what is right 
and staying away from that what is wrong. And Phil, for my portion of this morning, I'll um, end with this. This came to mind. You made a statement, and this is kind of pointed out to me tongue-in-cheek about taking the opposite. So just as Yah told us, stop listening to the enemy, start listening to Yah. So they're, they're, it's the opposite side. So you have to stop doing something and start doing something else. <clears throat> and voices are a constant. You're not going to get away from voices in your life, but what voices are you listening to is the key thing. And this brainwashing and mind control that we started with, once again, we come back to that. The cognitive dissonance is because you don't agree with the voice that you're you're listening to. It's going against something, another voice that's in dissonance. So the more we listen to God and accept the truth, then we'll have cognitive resonance so that we brainwash, get the truth of God in that we're listening to the voice of God because the the programming will take over with those voices that you've been listening to unless you are willing to accept the truth of God and stop suppressing it. Then you can take in, be willing to listen to God and apply what they say, which will help with the cognitive dissonance and the brainwashing and mind control from a godly perspective will continue. So when there's a cognitive dissonance, when there's a, a rise or something like that, there's some voice you're listening to that's going against whatever you're hearing and those voices are speaking. You may be told as a kid, you're nothing, you're, you're stupid, you, you'll never be anything. Well, how much does that voice speak to you and you listen to it? And it affects your life because you keep listening to, I'm dumb, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. And stop listening to that. Start listening to God and listen to what Yah says, put it into practice. And then therefore, we still continually brainwash and mind control in this. But I just wanted to end my part with the voices are always going to be there and you're going to hear voices, but be careful what voices that you're actually listening to. And as we part for this morning, for those who are seeking God with all of your heart, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his make his face to shine upon you. Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, You may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.